Hello, I'm Melody Asani. I'm Julie Burns Walker. Today, we welcome you back to the Butterfly Forecast. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation for three. Yeah, it's, I'm uh, honored to actually do it after I picked up, I got enough courage to actually do it. Because <laughs> I'm always thinking like I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm going to curse or I'm going to sound like Cajun straight from Louisiana. But you are. What's wrong with that? I know. I know. I'm just always like conscious of what I'm saying. I don't want to say the wrong shit. I guess that's probably why you're, you love painting so much, because it takes you out of your head. You don't have to think about it so much. Yeah. Somehow I was able to get away with the freedom. I feel like Black folks, we don't get the freedom that we really want, you know, like to do anything. Like, do we want to open up a store and we want it to look a certain way? It's like, oh, but you can't do that. Like, so art was one of my ways I could get away with just being free. I could paint what I want. I could talk about what I want. And it's like, you don't like it? Sorry, but it helped me out. <laughs> you know, because selfishly, I paint because it helps me. Not so much of like, I'm concerned about who's going to collect it and this, that, and the third. This is like my form of therapy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't do it for any other, any other reason. You know, sometimes I do think about legacy, being that I have two sons. I'm like, okay. Like, I have to make sure that I make the right moves so it could live longer, you know, after myself. So That's so beautiful. You know, one thing I noticed when I've lived in very remote places is that concept of legacy is everywhere in the world except in the U.S. When, when people think about ancestors, they don't understand it's not worshiping your ancestors. It's giving honor to your ancestors right. by bringing what you've got, whatever it is. So I feel like what you're talking about is sorely needed, you know? Yeah, most most definitely. A lot of people don't focus on the legacy because everybody living for now, I think of legacy, uh, not just because I got kids, but because of where I come from, like, it's family, like, you know, so you, you think about your family last name, like you, you hustle for your family's last name, like everything is about your clan, your people, you know what I mean? You're right. You don't hear many people talking about like anything from their ancestors. Like I think about my ancestors all the time. My dad, he's from Sierra Leone. So I feel like at least that there's a part of, part of me that's not a hundred percent washed out. You know what I mean? To where I can connect with my ancestors. So, you know, like Bob Ross always talk about like, oh, a happy little mistake or some something, some shit like that, right? <laughs> when it happened with me, I've always, I think that, you know, it's my ancestors guiding me. Like, it's not a real mistake. It's not a mistake. It's like, no, that's the wrong thing to do. Like, you're going to put this right here, even if your mind is telling you you're going to do something else and it happened like that. I feel like that's somebody else grabbing the, the paintbrush and your ancestors are grabbing the paintbrush and watching over you to make it right. You know what I mean? Because like I made so many paintings off of like like accidents, at least that I thought was an accident. But then later on, I realized it was like, man, this is something higher. This is beyond me that's guiding me. And I just let go now. Even more, I let go and just decide like, you know what, I'm going to let them tell the story. And I'll just follow the lead. So I try to listen to myself more. And uh, a, a lot of people, they think that you have to have all kind of music playing and all this other shit. Now, when I've been painting recently, I've just been like no music, no nothing. Just everything that's in my head, the voices in my head, because I know it's just not just me. Like if you think that you're living by yourself, you're lying to yourself. Like you're wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's there's multiple people i'm sure that's part of your your movement you know what i mean everything that you do like because a lot of people always talk that like oh man you have an old soul and it's not like you have an old soul it's just because your ancestors and everybody else is a part of you like your people in your family like people are a part of you helping guide you 
through the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Because if, if you don't know how to tap into yourself and know the truth of you, you won't hear those things. You won't see those things. You know, a lot of people, they're walking around here. They're not really in tune with themselves. Once you get in tune with yourself, you're going to see the higher power of yourself. You're going to see the higher version of yourself. But that's so hard. It is hard because of the way we live nowadays. Yeah, there's so many distractions. You have a lot of distractions. You know, it's funny. Me and my sons had a call yesterday and it was about distractions. I told them straight up, I would not be here if I would live my life worried about the distractions. Like you can't be distracted. Like you have to, you have to be honest with yourself. And you know how the first way to be honest with yourself? I know it might sound weird as hell, but the purest ways and the easiest ways to, to, to come to like some type of honesty with yourself is looking in the mirror and talking to yourself. Mind you, for years, I would brush my teeth and I would not look myself in the eyes while I would brush my teeth. I would see my face, but I wouldn't look myself in the eye. And I knew somewhere I wasn't living my truth. Look yourself in the, in the mirror and talk to yourself. Have these conversations. Be honest with yourself. Then after that, you start realizing, okay, that's the first process of tapping into like the true you. Is that why you've been painting yourself so much? Yes. Last year, 2021, I started painting myself because I finally was able to face myself. That's why every time I paint a portrait, I paint the eyes to look myself directly. And anybody else that look at these paintings, they could look at it and go, wow, like this, the eyes are actually following me because I finally was able to face myself and I'm living my truth. As an artist, I don't paint towards no money. I don't paint towards what people like. I'm being honest with myself. Mm. This is the first time I'm able to open myself up to the world, you know, because think about like, when you're a kid, you can't even open yourself up to your parents. And now I'm bare naked in front of the world. I'm finally living my true self and, and doing what I want to do for a living, for one, you know, so. That's so amazing. You know what else is so cool about that, Jeannie, is, you know, in your earlier works, they're kind of like uh, pictographs of all these layers of the things that you experienced and were exposed to and the people who were front and center in your sphere of life and all the things that happened to them. And you're just sort of chronicling it for us in the art. It always looks like layers and layers. I was saying this to you the other day, like I'm astonished at how many stories you tell in one painting. But look how cool it is that you start with history and painting everyone else's portrait. And now you're painting you. So it's like present time. You are, you're here. And I think that's the coolest thing because now you're ready to see it all together. And now people have a chance to like have that little portal for themselves too. It's kind of like you're leaving little key, a skeleton key. <laughs> right. And that right there as an artist, that's very important. I feel like as artists or just creatives, I feel like it's our duty to to open ourselves up to the world so we can teach the, everybody how to be honest. You know what I mean? How to be honest and live their truth. And the reason why my paintings would be so many different layers because I would start a painting where my brain starts and I would stop where my brain ends for that that process. Like whatever's going on in my head, I have to get it out, you know, on the canvas all at that same time. So you might have a painting here and then you might, you could probably cut the cut the painting and find another painting inside that painting. So many different different things that's going on at the same time because that's how our mind works. Our mind don't work like a you know like if I'm painting just a straight portrait of myself. Like your brain don't just work like that. So I'm trying to I'm not trying. I'm painting how my brain works, and not only that, I'm painting the world that I see. You know what I mean? And how I see the world. Well, I don't see the world the same. So I'm not going to tell the same story, you know what I mean, that, you know, others do. Or I'm not going to paint it the way we think that it should look. Not should look, but more of uh, what the people want it to, to look like. I'm painting it the way that I see the world, you know, and also the way I want to see the world. That's interesting because as humans, I think that 
we have this need or this desire to express ourselves or express our design, as Julie refers to it often. I get the need to like do that, but when I had come and done a studio visit with you, you were telling me how you could just sit in your studio all day long and sometimes you don't even paint. You could just look at your paintings for hours and just like sit in there and do that. And, you know, when we were all talking the other day, it was this whole thing of like, but why? Like, what is the thing that makes you want to do that? Like, I understand that part of it is expressing your feelings and your desires and having a way to process them through your creativity. But overall, like, what is it that lights that fire in you that keeps you going back there day after day and spending so many hours there and so much time like looking and thinking and a lot of it is I have to make sure that when I'm sitting in front of my paintings there's something that I have to feel like the energy that I put in that painting I need to I need to get it back I need to feel it back a lot of times I'll come to the studio and just fill the space you know and not so much of focus on what's on the wall or what I want to do next. Sometimes it's just more of like filling the space. Your creative space is your creative space and the energy that you leave behind is still in there. You know what I mean? So, and I like to put that same energy to these paintings to where when someone purchased the painting, collected and hanging on the wall, they could feel the same energy that I put into it. You know, that's me sharing a piece of me. And another thing is, um, when I do come in, it's because I have to come in because like I don't see no other world. You know what I mean? All in world that I know is the Jamie world. And that's only because I hid from it for the last 30 years, 37 years. You know what I mean? So now I'm finally getting the chance to say, wow, like, you know, I love my world. Like, I love my head. I love the, the way I think. I love all these things about me. And it's like, it's not me being big headed. It's just me loving myself finally as a person. So I like to be around the things that I create, just like when you have kids, you know what I mean? Like you create that kid. So you love that kid. You want to be around a kid. It's hard to see your kids go and these things, you know, so it's the same thing with these paintings. Like these are, I'm creating this, like nobody on this earth will create these paintings, but me. That's why I love art so much because I can't mass produce these things. Nobody else can create this besides myself. The energy that I put in it, even if you copy it and trace it, you still have to figure out how to put the energy in there. You can stand in front of paintings and feel the energy from these paintings. And you could tell the ones that was just made out of just, just how you make some shit. And you could feel like, wow, like I could feel a, a real deep connection with that. Absolutely. I think that's true of everyone and what they do the the magic of people's design is that if they face themselves and open up and express it magic happens actual magic and you know you were talking about like spending all that time in your space i so get that because it becomes your sanctuary right yeah that's it that's the word it becomes your sanctuary and everything that i build everything that's in my studio i swear to you i create like they're like shrines to me. It's places of, of peace, it's, it's prayers, it's, it's so much going into this place, you know what I mean? So that's why like I'm really like, you could tell when someone is really deep, like when Melanie came to my studio, we talked for hours and because she could feel my energy inside my space. Cause I guarantee if my energy in my space was wrong and my energy was wrong, it would have last maybe an hour. And we would have been out. Maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes, 10 minutes. But we talked for hours about life, about art, about just living your truth. And if you can't live your truth, you're doing a disservice to the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Because we all have a unique gift and a unique mind. We're not the same as much as we want to believe we're the same. We're not the same. But where where did you learn all this stuff from? Because mm. growing up the way that you grew up, like was somebody reflecting this stuff back to you? Did somebody give you that? Like how, because you said 30 years, you, you weren't in your space and now you're in your space and you don't want to get out of your space. Yeah. But like, how did you get there? 
I got here because of uh, solitude. Well, I went through a divorce with my kid's mom and seeing my kids every other weekend and things like that, stuff messing with you, right? Start getting depressed, get sad. You know, I went through depression and got to a point to where I had a, I was almost embarrassed to be around people because I didn't want to complain. I don't want to be sad around them, mess up their shit. You know what I mean? Like mess up their, their vibe. So I spent a lot of time to myself, by myself, and I would hear myself speaking, but I wouldn't want to accept it at all. I didn't want to accept it because I thought I was crazy. I'm going to be honest. I thought I was crazy because when I was younger, I did go to a mental institution for, I think it was like three to four months. I was like, it was 12 or 13. And I just thought that when I got older, I was like, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm schizophrenic. Maybe I'm bipolar. Maybe I'm all of these, these things, right? And then I would meet people and they knew me and I didn't know myself. It was weird. So that's when I realized like God or someone's putting these people in my life to tell me about myself. Like I met this guy. I, matter of fact, I still have his voice recorded because something told me to record our conversation. He was the maintenance guy to my uh, apartment that I was living in when I was going through these things. And I recorded our conversation. And when he was talking to me, he knew me. I didn't understand that. And he would start telling me about life and all these things that I believed, but I thought I was crazy. I was like, what's the odds of me and this guy on the same level? And then he goes away, right? He was the maintenance. He was temporary. So I had to realize like a lot of things that I loved, conversations, certain people, it was all temporary. And I had to learn how to experience people. Stop wanting to hold on to them, just experience them, right? So the maintenance guy, I experienced that guy, talked to him and and I'm like, wow, like, what the fuck? You know, this is crazy. You know, this is good. And then it helped me open up to myself first yes. before I could open up to anybody else. I would listen to myself more and more and more. And then I found myself going to therapy. It was crazy because when I walked into my therapist's office, the first thing she did was she stopped and she said, you're a very powerful person, like your energy. She said, like, I felt your energy when you walked in. She said, I don't tell this to anybody. She said, like, when you walk in, I felt your energy. You you carry, like, some real... So it gave me, like, confidence. I was like, wow, like, okay, like, I really have, like, inner power. This was before I was a painter. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the power was. I thought I was just a, a manufacturing slave. I thought I was supposed to just work for somebody for the rest of my life, and you die, and that's a wrap. But when she told me, like, she was like, man, you, you know, you carry, like, something different inside of you, like... You have something. So I started studying myself, talking to myself more, being honest with myself, looking myself in the mirror. And then I started painting. Then I was just painting out everything that I felt. It was like a baby trying to walk. Well, a baby trying to speak. Like, you only just know certain words, right? Like, da-da, mama, and all this shit, right? But I couldn't put a sentence together. So my early works was like that. I couldn't put a sentence together. And now, where I'm at now, I'm able to write paragraphs and put these sentences together and and, and talk to the people just like the ancient Egyptians and, and things like that, because they told stories. You know what I mean? So a lot of what my work is like symbolism and things like that. I got to where I'm at right now because I spent time with myself. All the things that I could have been doing, I didn't do it. What I did was I spent time with myself. I started being honest with myself, wanting to love myself. That way, I never depended on love from nobody else because when I was a kid, you could go through every photo that was ever taken and you never see me being held as a child. You have a photo of my mom holding my, my brother and my sister, but you never saw a photo of me being held. So I've always wanted that acceptance from somebody, right? From my mom, you know, she's supposed to be the first woman I love. And then I realized as I got older, I was still doing that, you know, with relationships. So I wouldn't I would get in a relationship and I would stay forever. It's like, you have to really do some fucked up shit before <laughs> I'm leave. You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> because I wanted to hold on to that person because I wanted that acceptance. It's almost like a lot of men won't say these things. A lot of men would always make it seem like that's what a woman would do, right? She always need acceptance and always want to be there. But it was me. I needed that because I didn't get it from the woman that I was supposed to 
fall in love with. Now me and my mom got a real great relationship. We always did. But she was going through what she was going through. And I was witnessing it. And I didn't know where I stood because I was a kid. You know what I mean? So as I got older, I go through the divorce and my kids was in the picture. And like, it hurts. My kids got to go home this weekend. Like, this shit fucking hurts. I had to learn how to channel my emotions and feelings. And I had to learn how to compartmentalize, like, everything that I felt. When my kids would go to their mother's house, I had to learn how to take my feelings for that and put it in on a shelf. I had to learn how to do things that wasn't normal to regular people. So I've been going through so many different emotional things, right? After learning how to put everything in different compartments, I had to face myself and say, okay, Jamie, like, what are you? Like, what, what about me now? You know what I mean? Like, how you feel about yourself? Like, I know how you feel about your kids, your mom, your freaking brothers and sisters. Like, how you feel about yourself? Like, can you really be honest with yourself? And I wasn't happy with myself. Only way I was able to fix it was stay to myself, get to know myself, learn myself, see what was the inner demon that I thought was a demon, but it wasn't even a demon. It wasn't. It was somebody trying to help me, which was just my inner me and everybody else that, that decided to come live inside of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you guys, this reminds me of, uh, it's so incredible, but where I lived in Africa there are so many traditional healers. And so no matter uh, how old you are, the goal is the same. Everything you just described, Jamie, is the same thing for all of us. Like the goal is to wake up in yourself and find what you really are, what you bring. And I remember uh, being with my elders. Some people were coming through this homestead and they uh, nudged me in the ribs and they were like, see that guy? And he looked like he was crazy. <laughs> And, and he was probably about 20. And I was like, yeah, I see that guy all the time. And they go, well, isn't this exciting? And I'm just looking at a guy who's not connecting with anybody or anything. He's just doing his own thing. And they go, well, we've been watching him for a long time. He's possessed. Wow. <laughs> I was like, you guys, where I come from, don't say the word possessed. as <laughs> like, it's a good thing. And they were like, no, it's a wonderful thing. He's getting ready to find his calling. Oh. And I was like, imagine if our society that we groomed ourselves to be like watching people in that way, like, oh, this person, they're just reaching out. They're almost ready. What can I do to help right. them push through, find themselves, see themselves, uh, believe in them? Like without writing them off. Yes. Or saying the word crazy. Right. And you know what? I think that's how it is in like here in the United States. I feel like our ancestors come to us in different forms of people. You know what I mean? Just like the guy that I met that was my AC, the maintenance man. The guy knew me. You know what I mean? Like I have a lot of conversations with anybody. If you sit down long enough, we're going to talk about it. A lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a man of like wanting to understand want to know what your creative mind thinks because everybody have a creative mind, but we look at it as in, oh, that person is crazy. Like I think too, like part of the gift or the other side of going through something really painful is that you become more open, raw, because you're so desperate. Right. So unfortunately, most people don't really, aren't open to the maintenance man or to anything until they've gone through something and they need something so desperately and they don't know how to get it or where to get it from. So they're just looking for it anywhere. Right. Do you, are you the one that's going to give it to me? Are you the one that's going to give it to me? But usually I think our ego gets in the way or we're too comfortable or we think that we're above something. Yeah, so right. like, we write, uh, we write people off and it's like, no, you're never, uh, you're never above anything. You're never above receiving information because information is everywhere i mean we talk about animals all the time like spirit animals and you know how different animals come to us at different times and it's always like what does it mean i saw a snake today yeah. you know <laughs> uh, but that but right. that's the thing and i'm i mean for me i've just opened up to this in the last few years but i can't wait to get to the point where i remove enough of my beliefs that have held me back mm. from understanding that 
everything. Like I was talking to Julie a couple of weeks ago and she was talking to me about how trees talk. And I was like, what do you mean trees talk? Like, mm. do they talk? And she was like, well, it's like nature. Every Everything in nature has a language of communication. Right, right. They do. And if you're open to it or if you need it at that time, you might get information from a tree. That blew my mind because I was like, oh, my gosh. But I believed it because I was like, wow, if if I was in a place where I was open enough and I needed it badly enough, then it might come to me through a tree. But the point is that it could come through anything. That's so true. But you guys, I have a question for you, though. So is all of this like the three of us would be put into a category of creatives? And I think a lot of times people just bump that up to, oh, you're a creative, that's why. And a whole lot of stuff gets projected onto that as if it describes you, but it doesn't allow the individual, the individualization of what that really means. I've been thinking so much about this, like, uh, Jamie, you were talking about yourself as a creative, and I noticed that a lot of people get lumped into, oh, creatives, as if all artists and all creatives do the same thing. This is my question for you. I've been thinking that maybe the real term for creatives should be the word sensitive, not like an adjective, not something that describes you. You're so sensitive, you're too sensitive, but a noun, we are sensitives. We are aware, perhaps just like some things wake up in nature before the collective joins. And I was wondering if you have a sense of that for yourself, because I know that three of us has something in common, which is that we were going through these processes before the people we grew up with did. So it's not like we're different. It's not like we're better, but we are first, <laughs> which like breaking trail is grueling hard. Do you identify with that? If I had to be honest, I thought I was just a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, after going through all this shit, making it this long. Well, that's because everybody you knew died and you came from a place where survival was like, because you, you were telling me you couldn't even walk to school every day without thinking about. Growing up the way way we grew up and where we grew up, you didn't think that you was going to live like to be 30-something. You know, if everybody's dying in the 20s, think about it. And you see crackheads everywhere. I grew up in a town where crack was a thing. So if you live long, at least you, you might think that you're going to be a crackhead. If you die young, that's because it was just meant almost. You don't have no other way of thinking. So that's where you get your confidence from. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, 37 years old. You're like, I'm 30 plus. I'm good. I beat the spread. But yeah, like, so honestly, it was was one of my cousins that that gave me the confidence to to see the world bigger because he was the only one that I knew that would actually, he would leave, he would go to Miami, he would travel, he would go to New York. And I was like, shit, like, when he hit 30, I was like, shit, we good. Like, all I got to do is follow his footsteps. All I got to do is just travel, move around. Like, if I move around fast enough and long enough, nobody could even catch up with me. So it's like, I'm good. He moved. I moved. You know, and, and I've been at peace ever since. Yeah, I love that. I love how one thing opens up another movement and another step. You know, I wonder, talking about yourself as a prophet, serious, not serious, both. Um, I was wondering, though, if before you a change happens, if you have a knowing about it or a sense of it, I wonder even before a painting, do you get itchy? Are there certain themes that start to thread through your consciousness and then you unpack it? This is one thing I have to be honest, right? When I say that I might be a prophet, to totally be honest, I believe it because if you if you look at what prophets did, they pretty much knew things, they felt things, they heard things, they it, and it, it made you look crazy. That's how I feel about myself. Like I hear and see things that people they don't get the information. I'm given information. I don't come in here. I don't come in this studio struggling. I don't have to figure shit out. You know why? 
because the information comes to me. So I'm not saying that I'm profit. All I'm saying is I'm in tune with myself. My mind is open enough to accept the information that is being given to the higher power, ancestors, whoever you want to be, doesn't matter. I'm taking all the communication. I take it. I take it all. You know what I mean? The energy that's not right, I'm so connected with myself. The energy that is not right goes away before it even comes to me because I carry that aura now. Like I don't run across bad people and bad things and, and all that shit no more because my aura is so powerful, so strong that that shit don't even get too close. And if it does get close, I'll hear it. I can hear the snake before it comes. I can see, I can see it coming because that's what I asked for. Before I started moving, whenever I got in tune with myself, I asked to be able to hear the things that I need to hear and to see the things that I need to see. People don't ask for those gifts. They ask for money and cars and all the other shit that they ask for. Because if I can hear it, I'm good. If I can see it, I'm good. I'll be able to touch it whenever I want. I'm always ready to paint. I can paint this conversation right now. It comes to me. And whenever it stops, that was it. I don't say, well, you know, I'm going to be doing this for the next 80 years because I don't fucking know. I really don't know. I could be doing something totally different. I could be making movies and or writing books. So until then, I'm just taking all the information and I'm doing it. Mm, you guys, this is for both of you as well. Like, do you think when you create something and you felt it, you saw it, so you expressed it and you put it in that form, you painted that, that story, those stories in that style, with that energy. And Smishi, you too, as a creator, do you guys feel that when people see your work, that they see the same thing you saw when you created it? Or do you think they see other things in your work because it opened up that portal? When they see it, people pick what they need from it. They might not understand the whole painting or the whole thing that's being created, but what they do is they take what they need to soothe them because my language is my Jamie language. The only person who can understand my language is another Jamie. There's none. You see what I'm saying? So they're almost like trying to read lips when they look at my work. So what they have to do is they have to take the energy and then they have to interpret the way they interpret just like we interpret Egyptian art, right? And hieroglyphics all over the world. We take it and we take it for what we want it to mean. That's what people do. I feel like I don't try to paint it for people to really fully understand because I know they can't. I use too many symbolisms. But to me, I know exactly what it means and how powerful it is. That's why I put it on there. And for the ones that could connect with it on the same, because some of us are on the same stream of consciousness, right? So the ones that can connect with us on that level, they appreciate it, they love it, but they still don't fully understand it just because they're not you. The people that connect's going to connect. At least that's what I think. I think that's so powerful. Tsumishi, what about you? Well, it's changed over time. I, I think that when I first started, I was making things and I didn't think that, I thought I was alone in them. And then I'd get feedback kind of like how you got from that janitor. And I was like, oh, I was like, how did they know? How do people know? Or how, how do they see that? Like, I didn't say a single word. I didn't explain anything. Like, how is it that they picked up on that about me? So I think that it kind of taught me, like creating things sort of taught me a lot about how many people there are out there that I'm not alone, that there are a lot of people like me that go through the same kinds of things that I might go through. There's other people that need the same kinds of things that I need. You know, I didn't know that people would need like accompaniment or assurance or confidence and that they would be able to get it through a ring or a shoe or whatever. Right. I actually learned a lot about how exposed I was by not even saying anything or doing anything. Like it just kind of like my art sort of spoke for itself and people picked up on it. And when I first started, it was interesting because I never imagined any one particular kind of person wearing it. You know, I, I was just kind of making it for myself. But it was really interesting because every single person that was interested in it 
was my kind of person. Even like the first famous people that were really attracted to it or wanted wanted to wear it was like Erica Badu. Growing up in LA and seeing how superficial those industries are, you know, there's very few people that I would care about wearing it. But anytime somebody did, it was somebody like that, you know, that I really related to her, that I connected to her, whose music inspired me. It was never another kind of person. Like all those kinds of people ushered me more into knowing about myself and recognizing like me really coming into what I wanted to do and what I wanted to represent and how I wanted to use whatever platform I had. Right. I wasn't as as self-actualized as you are when you started, but I feel like I'm there now where I have more preferences and I now I'm, I'm more thoughtful about like little Easter eggs I put into things and wonder if people will find them or get them or see them at some point or another. Yes. Oh my gosh. I really relate to that all the time, every day. How? Well, I mean, my job is to look at people. <laughs> my people are infinite. So I could talk to one person forever and never get tired of looking at them or capturing their likeness in a quick sketch. You know, so many times I'll see things in a person that I know will open up all these doors for them if I share this one thing. And so many times I will just do it and slip it in and they're just, they didn't catch it. <laughs> and it's them. It's only them. It's not universal. It's just for them. It's everything that they're looking for. And they'll go, oh, their thinking is supposed to sound like for somebody else. They're thinking, oh, wait, but you said this or painted this or drew this for somebody else. And you said this to them. Why aren't you saying that to me? I'm like, you missed you. You missed the whole point. So I love that. And it's also very humbling. Jamie, what you were saying earlier, I think it's such a valuable practice which is that you paint for you. You paint for your spirit. You paint for whatever comes to you, whoever speaks to you, whatever is working through you. And same with me. I have to do what comes to me, what I see, regardless of what someone else wants me to see. And that's what we're here for. There isn't anything bigger. You can do that all day, every day, and never go home and still not be tired. Yeah. You're right about that, because I, I never felt like, oh, my God, this just zapped all my energy out of me. Like, you know, just another day, get up, start over, do it again, because you're right. Like, everything is, like, infinite. Like, it's just so much. We process so much in a day, you know, for the ones that care enough to take the information and do something with it. Do you guys think that if the arts were a major part of our curriculum for children, like multi-mediums, you know, every kind of art. Do you feel that that would allow them to find their authentic self earlier? I believe so. If you let a, a child express themselves early on in any way they want to express themselves through painting, sketches, poetry, through clothing, through, through anything, like. If you let them just fully express themselves, they're gonna have so much confidence and they're gonna be so connected with who they, they really are as a person. Because you teach them that don't be influenced by nothing that goes around you. A lot of people want you to believe that you're self-absorbed because you're into yourself and thinking about who you are as a person. You're not like self-absorbed. Like you're really like taking the time to learn yourself. So I feel like if you take a child and you let them just express themselves constantly however they want and not pipe it down. Because, you know, as, as uh, parents, you know, and adults, you know, we're always thinking like kids don't have a say-so on this or they shouldn't do that. Or, oh, you know, keep them away from this. They could teach us so much because they're straight. They're so pure. We know consequences. So we can't, we walk on a thin line all the time when it comes down to being honest, we're pure and making sure we don't go overboard because we might get in trouble if we say this in public or blah, blah, blah. But a child is so honest and so pure, 
I feel like it would be very interesting if people would just let them express themselves throughout the whole growth. How was that for you? Because you started drawing when you were super young. I mean, I, exactly. I've seen that picture where your mom still has some of your drawings on her wall. <laughs> yeah, I sketched my whole life because that was the only outlet I had. I felt like if I couldn't say nothing, I could draw something. I was too sad to talk about it. You know, I was like, yeah, man, like my freaking stepdad beat my ass. You know, like, I couldn't talk to my mom about that. Like, I hate this dude. I whipping my ass. Like, I didn't like it. I wasn't happy. You don't know how to express yourself. I've always found colors and sketch pads, and I made something happen. And honestly, that's why I'm so connected with animals, because, like I said, I've always was able to be honest with a dog. Like an animal, because they can't say nothing. They don't judge you, right? But bird, you know, they'll fly away. You're you, talking you know, to the birds. So you get close to them, they'll fly the fuck away, you know. But a dog, you could tell this dog that you hate your life, you suck ass, like whatever you want to say to this dog. And guess what the dog going to do? It's still going to love you. That's why I'm so connected with dogs and animals to this day, because I felt like they've always been so honest with how they feel about you. You know, if they didn't like you, they're going to walk the fuck away. <laughs> it's that simple. Like, if they don't like you, they're going to walk away. If they're scared of you, they're going to walk away. But if they love you, they're going to love you no matter thick and thin. That's why I understood DMX so much. That's why, I'm going to be honest, I, I haven't really said this to anybody. But, like, with DMX, when I was a kid, DMX got me through a lot of a lot of stuff because I felt like DMX. I felt like he had so much on his mind. And that's why he was so connected with his dogs because his dogs loved him for who he was. And he was able to express how he felt to his dogs, but they stayed there with him. People could leave you. They could hurt you. They could do all this. But that dog, only time it's going to hurt you is when it dies. So it's like, I understood that. So that's why when we was young, when we was in, in Thibodeau, like bumping the fuck out of DMX, because he was the only one we could understand. We felt like we had that anger. We had that frustration. We, had, we felt that. That's my DMX story. <laughs> <laughs> that's powerful. I don't know, it's another art, like it gets you through. Art gets you through, whether it's painting or music or dance or, you know, any kind of expression. It allows you to get in touch with that deeper part of yourself and also the wounding that is necessary to be in this world. You are going to experience a lot of contrast here until you figure out where you're heading because of what you are and you know i feel like that music every ask anybody they'll tell you the music that got them through that is powerful exactly i was i was lucky enough to uh experience music early on in my my life my mom used to live in harlem so she had the like new york swag by the time she comes back to louisiana like public enemy and and ll cool j and and the Beastie Boys and like just music like that was was like one of those things where I, I could listen to. I was able to see the creative, like I could see them expressing themselves in their way. And I wanted to express myself in those ways, but mine was like like really bad. Like, listen, I never told anybody this, but my sister, she used to have this black cassette tape. It was a Lil' Kim cassette tape and it had a single on there. I think it was with her and Biggie Small. Or little C's, I can't remember. And on the other side, it was the instrumental, right? So I'll put the instrumental on and I would just talk. I wouldn't rap. I would just talk about all the shit that I hated about life. I was just, I was so angry. I'm cursing. I'm talking all this shit. Like I'm just, that was like one of my outlets also. <laughs> I would just talk all of this shit. And then I fell in love with sketching and things like that, but I, I couldn't sketch what I felt at the time. I would sketch what I see, you know, so that was different, you know. And then I got into writing and I, I write to this day. I just write like just random shit. I have to keep it coming out because I don't want all the information sitting inside of me. I feel like my head will blow up, you know, so I have to get it out, you know, so I just put it on canvas. You're really emotionally intelligent for a man. <laughs> I feel like there's so many men that are, but they don't want to be honest with themselves. And one thing I realized, you don't have to be hard no more. For what? 
But I know, but it's not even about the honesty. It's also about the work that it takes to process it. Like journaling, painting, like wrapping (laughs) or rap talking. Spoken word. (laughs) Spoken word. (laughs) Whatever opens you up. But I think part of it is permission. You, You know, men have never been given permission to be, just to be, just not to have to have a party line and on behalf of everybody and protecting everybody and providing for everybody or be strong for everybody. Men have never been given permission to fall apart and just go, life sucks and this is how I'm feeling and this is what I'm dealing with and is anyone else feeling me on this? And I really feel that that's what men have never been given permission to do. And that's what you're giving them permission to do. And that's that's not only men, that's just people in general. Mm. This was one of the things that like blew me away one day. So when you're born, you live with your mom or your dad, somebody that adopts you. You're living with somebody when you're born, right? And then you're, you're off to school, you're around more people. And then when you get out of high school, if you go to college, you're around more people. At what point are you stuck by yourself? That's why a lot of people don't know themselves. That happened to me. You get out of high school, you get a girlfriend or a boyfriend, right? And then so you're with somebody else. So you don't spend no time by yourself. So what happened was I, I got out of high school. I started dating my, my kid's mother, right? There was a point where when we finally, we split up, we divorced. I'm by myself now. Like I'm living by myself. I have all these hours to myself. I'm going fucking nuts because... I spent so much time around other people my whole life, right? So that's what kind of pushed me to start thinking more and more and more and listening to myself. Cause I was like, man, this shit's like, you know, it's like really weird. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you start realizing that you never even had time to get to know yourself. Yes. You know, it's one of the things why my husband and I get along is because our formative years were spent alone. We were utterly alone, oftentimes in a room, isolated. When we shared this with each other, we were like, well, I still need that though. And he was like, I need that. And so even though we live in a little apartment, we can go off in separate rooms and stay there for a day and not talk. And it's such a great thing. I know it sounds like a weird thing to bring people together, but just knowing you can be alone with a person and not interact with them is really a great freedom. Right. We're so used to wanting to be like with that person and, you know, just always, always us, us, us. Sometimes, to be honest, once you find yourself, you can move around way, way more easier, especially when you find somebody that found themselves also. And understand that we don't, we're not going to always, we're not always be around each other. You know what I mean? It's not because I want to go fuck off. It's just because I need that time to process. We talk to so many people a day. We see so many different things every day. Like, when do you spend time to process that shit? Mm, that's everything. That's how you stay fresh and current. And that Melody was talking about you as a vessel earlier. That's how you become a vessel. How can you be a vessel that you can hear things and get guidance on and flow through if you're blocked from everything that happened yesterday and the days before? You have to learn how to process everything. Yeah. And then when you have a person in your life, whether it's a friend or a mate, that now really and truly you can hear the truth from them. They do reflect it and you can see it and feel it and hear it and go, oh, I already processed that. I'm there. Okay, cool. You know, if they say something different, you got more work to do. (laughs) Or you need a new friend. (laughs) (laughs) Not on the same page. Yeah, Yeah, that's one thing I refuse to do is uh, let anyone into my life that I can't even process them or the things they say or, or the energy not right. Like, like I have choices. Like we all have choices. It's the same thing with people. We don't always have to have certain people in our lives, but if you don't know yourself, you're going to keep going through the falling the same cycle over and over and over. We're letting bullshit people come into your life. You have to know yourself in order to, to know what, what type of person that you want in your life. 
and you're you're letting them in your space. It's like, oh, that's stupid. Like, you know, fucking talk about trees. Like, what the hell is that? Like, that's dumb. Like, you know, like you don't want to you don't want to live your life like that. And you have to know it's not a judgment of a person or people. It's who they are to you, who they represent to you. And I feel like sometimes as an adult, we have this privilege of meeting people in our lives. And then oftentimes you can go, wait a minute, I know who this person is to me. This is the same person that was in my past with a new face, with a new name. I don't need to go there again with somebody. And you're not judging them, you're, but you are understanding who they are to you. You're right about that. It matters on who a person is to you. Like my friendship towards this person might not be the same towards another person because one might just be a business friendship. You know, and the other one might be something way deeper, something spiritual or... I mean, my best friend is my dog, so I don't know. <laughs> I, I could keep going on it, on, on with it, because uh, the way I treat my dog is better than I, I treat anybody in the world. Like, I love my dog. I call him a person, so I'm going to say person. He's the honest person that I know, the most honest person I know, because he won't hide his feelings towards me. So. Ah, oh, that's so good. Jamie, thank you. Always. That was fun. See? It was fun, right? Yeah, after, like, you must have been scared. So good. There's so much that we didn't even talk about about you that I think is so dope. Yeah, so come back another time. We are going to have to do a part two. I think I'm a seasoned vet now, so we could make a rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>